What is going on, my party people? This is the Motorcycle Dad with your boy Tito here. Hope everybody's having a good El Presidente Day uh, or enjoying your day off. I hope everybody gets day off, but most people working from home, so it's day off anyways. All right. This episode, we're going to go over some current events with business, podcasts, and such, yada, yada, and also talk about a little bit of uh, the last trip I did with Neil and Backcountry Expedition, start from day one. Uh, and then we're going to go over some industry shit, some kind of big news industry shit. So that's going to take a little bit. Um, and then, of course, some shout outs to my people, everybody to support, everybody that listens. Okay. Love you guys to death. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to me run my fucking mouth. <laughs> so let's get to it. Um, if you haven't noticed already, check out the Instagram, check out the Facebook, Moto Dad Tito. Uh, I. I had a new logo made up for the podcast. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the old logo, but um, it was when I was first starting the podcast. Of course, baller on a budget shit, too. So um, I, I ran with the, you know, I ran with it for the time being. It kind of grew on me. So I was like, oh, OK, but in all honesty, I like this uh, logo a little bit better, a little bit more my flavor, the whole Tron futuristic, but also an adventure bike uh, riding a wheelie out power wheelie kind of more my style that's for sure so pretty stoked about that um in case you didn't listen to the last episode i also mentioned that i was starting a uh, new company up of course i am power sports had to dissolve that unfortunately but live learn entrepreneurship business uh business sense and just learning uh it's it's part of learning guys i mean anybody you look at successful that had as a business most of the time they went through two or three businesses and and businesses learning from failure. It fucking sucks. It's hard. It takes a lot of uh, self-reflection and self-awareness that sometimes we're not ready for, but it's part of the growth and came out on the other side pretty cool. So uh, go check out DesertMotoLab.com. You can check us out on Instagram. I did not open up a Facebook page yet. Uh, me and Bookface are still fighting. Not really. It's just, I'll be honest with you guys, after getting shadow banned, I'm not going to be one of these people who sits back some bitches about, ooh, you ever found this funny motherfuckers be like, ooh, being fucking censored. And it's like, well, if you're being censored so fucking much, why are you telling me about it on fucking book face or whatever the fuck it is? But um, I'm not going to complain because just like everybody else, the 1.8 billion people that sign up for Facebook or Instagram, I checked the little box agreeing to all of their bullshit so guess what if i don't like it i don't spend as much time on it and i really haven't because it went from being like memes to like people still fucking complaining about their lives uh can't deal with that negativity uh if you consume that negativity constantly you'll start to be negative so i gotta shut that shit off i got shit to do i gotta keep it pushing it's about positivity and keep it moving and self-responsibility motherfuckers all right so I am taking a little like hiatus from Facebook, kind of focusing more on the Instagram side of things, just because uh, as a Marine, just put it this way, pictures, <laughs> it's easy with pictures, like, ooh, pictures, like, like, so uh, try to focus a little bit more on the visual than anything else, but new Instagram for Desermoto Lab, new website, also, if you're in a local area and in need of some sort of service, please hit us up on the website. There's a Moto Lab. Slide up in my DMs. Let me know. Um, the main purpose behind Desert Moto Labs is service, parts, and consulting. Okay, 
So if you're an independent shop out there and you're looking to do some brand building, uh, get your own jackets, your own parts and such, give your boy a shout, slide up in my DMs, uh, email, all that good trash. If you want to email, please email the business at desertmotolab at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, if you're a parts guy, a service advisor guy, please always go to chain of command, talk to your higher ups there, whether it's your service manager, your general manager, or dealer principal. If you guys need a little bit of help on the consulting side for fixed operations, hey, slide up in my DMs, give me a call too. All right. That's what being on two wheels is all about. That's what the industry is about. Um, I know there's a lot of douchebags out there, but there are a lot of cool people out there too. And those are the people I try to help because helping them out at that level helps the riders out, helps the industry out, helps everybody. And that's what this shit is about. All right. So now to get into a little bit of my last trip with Backcountry Expedition, I'm going to start from the beginning. So we did a skills day. Uh, I'll talk about the skills week. It wasn't as exciting. It's basically what happens is, uh, Neil Backcountry Expeditions, what he does is he takes them out, teaches them the fundamentals of adventure riding. Uh, if you get into some situations in the backcountry, punctured tire, you know, bike gets stuck in the in the sand, stuff like that. He gives these guys the fundamental skills to get themselves out of trouble and to do it without putting themselves at dire physical risk. Um, when you're out there in the backcountry, guys, you fall down. One of the first things he tells people is, hey, take your helmet off, take your jacket off, get some water in you, get that adrenaline down, then go ahead and look at the, assess the problem, look at it. Reason being, when you're in the backcountry, there ain't no text message. Now, oh, hey, can you come by me? Hey, Uber Eats, can you come? Or hey, uh, Lyft, can you guys come pick me up? There's none of that bullshit, okay? <laughs> you got a spot beacon on you. Uh, in case some dire shit really happens. And what I do is I track them, you know, via the spot beacons, make sure they're good. You know, hey, you know, they're a little late to this checkpoint. What's going on? Such like that. You don't have that immediate support. So you have to have some skills and you have to conserve your energy when you get involved in some situations. So those are some of the things he teaches them on the basic course. Now, let's get into when we started uh, the Southern California BDR which is the only California BDR right now. Uh, the murmurs, the murmurs for you adventure guys out there that listen to the podcast, murmurs are, they're going to be doing a uh, Northern California BDR here soon. Now, when that soon is going to be, oh, um, if I get an inside track, I'll try to give you guys a little notice. Uh, you know, if not, you'll find out when I find out. <laughs> so, but the way that he runs the Southern California BDR is, Usually, it's supposed to start in Yuma, Arizona. Any of my Air Wing Marines, you guys know where Yuma, Yuma is. Yuma, yummies. <laughs> Yuma, Arizona is where it's supposed to start and works its way up north. Well, Neil likes to run it north to south, which personally, um, I spent a lot of time in Yuma, so I know Yuma. I know the area pretty well. I think it's a pretty damn, pretty damn good idea to run it that way. Uh, reason being, by the time you get into Yuma, a lot of deep sand. Uh, technical riding along those lines and quite honestly in my personal opinion that would fucking suck to start your six to seven day trip with uh, shitty sand especially if you're a little rusty so uh, start off in Bishop California 
I'm a huge fan of driving over to Bishop. You got to drive over the mountains near Beatty and Tonopah through Nevada to get over that way. Or you go through Death Valley. Usually when I'm heading to Bishop, I head northbound near Tonopah, Beatty, uh, Nevada into Bishop, California. It is an absolutely beautiful place. You're surrounded by mountains. Sierra Nevada is a very small town country, like not what you would typically think of Southern California. So Google the place, beautiful place. Uh, I think I've mentioned Bishop before. That's how much of a fan I am. And I do plan on trying to go back just with the family to say, you know, just a visit. That's how nice of a place it is. Also, I want to give a special shout out to Schatz Bakery. Okay, Eric Schatz. <laughs> Don't worry, the punch lines are coming. Uh, all jokes aside, this place is bomb.com. It is a bakery that does not only bake traditional baked breads, but also they have a, a sandwich little bar in there. And let me tell you what, that place is off the chain. I, uh, you got to stop and get some chats over there. You, you definitely, definitely need to stop in and get some Eric chats. I'll tell you what, there's a lot, a line in a parking lot. People almost getting lit, mind you. Very uh, rural kind of country type fucking town. And still, almost almost somebody get hit trying to cross the damn street for some shats. So, if you're in the Bishop, California, and I know I'm joking around with the shats, but still, stop and get some Eric shats. You won't be disappointed with those shats. All right? You won't be disappointed at all. Not a fucking comedian. I'm just here to try to be funny. So, there you go. Bishop, California, pretty cool. Day one, these guys start off uh, near the Benton Hot Springs. They head a little bit further north of Bishop. Then they make their way down to Lone Pine through all the mountains and such. Now, Lone Pine was definitely an interesting area just because like, it's 50 miles from between Bishop and Lone Pine. Very uh, small, you know, in you know rural area. But the kids there were pretty cool because I pulled into a parking lot with this big truck and trailer. You know, they're like, ask me all these questions. Uh, ask me about rap music. Uh, I taught them about Wu-Tang Clan because Wu-Tang's with the children. But despite these guys being in a small rural California town, they're actually pretty worldly because Lone Pine is known for their old Western festival. And apparently they shoot quite a bit of movies and, you know, shit for TV there. So like Iron Man was shot there. Tremors was shot there. I, from what these guys tell me, they film there on the regular they're like yeah it's a netflix crew here so on and so forth pretty cool small town to check out the hotel used to be an old boarding house back in the day that we stayed at i can't remember the name of the hotel right now but it's on the bdr list so check it out on uh, bdr website and it was pretty funny because i walk into the room and it's like on the little table it says oh if you're hot just open up the fucking window like type shit. like oh hell yeah some old school country stuff open up the window i'm hot it was, it was still pretty cool just because the atmosphere, old school, kind of, how you know, boarding house, uh, hotel feel, pretty cool. Not a lot of those places around. And that's why I enjoy the BDR so much, you know, just learning about it and getting into it is to experience all these small towns in America that you normally wouldn't experience. I promise you guys, look locally where you're at, and there's probably one of those small towns in here. Now is a time more than ever that we need to get out and support these small towns. So uh, depending on what the regulations and rules and lockdowns are in your area, you know, 
the first thing you should be doing is going to support local business buy American made as much as possible as much as you possibly can I'm not going to be one of these douchebags only buy American this and the other that ain't realistic All right, so calm your ass down but try to buy a made in America as much as possible and visit some of these small American towns man so fucking badass people there nine times out of ten are cool as fuck uh, of course, you get some towny weirdos. I'm from a town, town, a little small town, so I can speak. You get the towny weirdos sometimes, but hey, that's part of the experience too. All right, guys. So that is the first leg of the California BDR South route first day. I will get into the rest later on, which will go into Death Valley, uh, Furnish Creek, all those cool jazzy places that you guys need to Google and learn about. All right. Now, let's get into some industry news. So going into the adventure motorcycle industry news portion, uh, Cowie has dropped a new version of their Adventure 650 for 2022. Apparently, this model comes with fuel injection, LCD digital display, USB power, six gallon tank, fuel tank, new tank design, uh, new. Apparently, the old uh, fuel pumps had some problems, so they upgraded the parts and the pumps. Well, the bottom for uh, uh, matter of fact, they relocated the fuel pump. I guess the old fuel pump used to be a little, little bit higher up, and people had problems utilizing all the fuel. Which, if you're an adventure motorcyclist, you know <laughs> having lots of fuel is very important, and utilizing it all is also very important. So what Kawasaki did was they relocated the fuel uh, pump to the bottom of the tank so you can get the most usage. Because I guess with the and you got you Cali 650 guys, you let me know. You're the ones. Uh, apparently guys just have to fucking shake the tanks to get the most usage out of all the gas in their tank because where the tank was located. So good on Cowie for finally, you know, getting around to changing that. Now, uh, I like the Kawasaki 650. A lot of people do just because I'm a huge fan of Cowie. They have a great product line. I took Cowie in school, so I know. Um, and also, for your mid-size adventure guys, for you guys looking to get into adventure biking and you're not sure what to get. Now, as much as I would love to sell you on the GS1250, and I know there's people that can handle that. Um, also, you got to ride within your means and ride with what you're comfortable with. And a lot of people are just more comfortable starting off on the smaller, like the Himalayans or something along those lines, or your more mid-size, like your 650 Cowies or like the Tanneray 700. Um, I think that those are great bikes because, like I said, it gets more people in the sport. They're a little bit easier to maneuver when you're on some of these, uh, un, you know, unserviced roads. Uh, you know, you got your hardball, you're, you're on your concrete, uh, your asphalt, and then you got, you know, your unserviced roads, which is dirt roads, gravel roads, maybe not serviced by the county as much. These bikes are just a little bit easier if you lack the dirt experience. So, and when you're looking at Cowie, okay, base model the base model is going for msrp is six seven and the adventure model which is comes with a little bit of extra accoutrements as far as i think comes with the camo graphics blah 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 uh i think the tank's about the same size but it comes with hard bags and a couple other little extra features and you're looking at 8k which that's still pretty damn good um you know, you, once you get into the bigger adventure bikes, yeah, of course, you're talking about 20 grand. Some of the other mid-sized adventure bikes, you're talking about your 15, 16s for like your Beamer 800s. 
your Tiger 800s and such, or your Tiger, what, 850, 900s now. Um, so eight grand ain't bad for an entry-level adventure bike. Put gas in it and fucking go. All right? Not bad at all, especially when you consider at least the Cowie. I recommend soft bags for backcountry riding. If you're a 50-50 or 60-40, meaning most of your riding is on the road versus off-road, then, yeah, you can get away with the hard bags for the time being. But reason being, those bags have a tendency of blowing up or getting big dents when you drop them versus soft bags. They get a little scuff on them. You brush it off the brush off the dirt, and that's pretty much it. You keep rolling. Um, so that's one thing to consider. And I have seen... Trust me, working for a motorcycle rental company, I've seen bags go back. I'm like, dude, how did you explode the entire bag doing 30 miles an hour? How did that even happen? You would be amazed. And especially when you're out in backcountry, fall over in the right uh, spot, and there's a rock there or some, some kind of obstruction or something there on the ground. Yeah, it's a good possibility it's going to tear the, tear the bags up. So that's one of the things considering when you're getting into adventure bike riding try to look at soft bags if you can my recommendation is always like Moscow moto they're more of the higher end but you get what you pay for yeah they're a little bit on the higher end on the price range side but you're talking about phenomenal 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 quality okay so uh got any questions check out uh the youtube universities hit me up in the dms or just check out Moscow moto's website pretty cool guys so all right, moving on from the adventure Kawasaki news. Uh, dude, of course, this is like a little, like, it's about a, a week and a half old when I, because I write down stuff for the episode that I see throughout news and so on and so forth, and then I get to it. Well, HD stock crashed a little bit when they gave their update on their new numbers and their business plan. Um, they didn't lose as much money as they thought they did, and that was basically because they fired everyone. <laughs> long story short they fired a bunch of high paying positions they caused consolidated those positions but they're doing a, another restructure called the hardwire um is the new plan from zeitz the the new ceo uh it's a five-year plan to focus on harley davidson financing harley davidson motor clothes um ev electric vehicle is getting its own division at harley and they plan to expand their pre-owned program of some sort. Now, I've noticed a lot of manufacturers are doing this. They're kind of like following the car model of certified pre-owned. I don't know what the full... I'm going to have to investigate this a little bit more with some of my friends at the dealers. I don't know what all the criteria is for this or how what the dealer responsibility. Usually, they leave used motorcycle re, uh, recon up to the individual dealerships. But I'll be definitely be interested to see what the demands are from Harley and other manufacturers to be certified pre-owned. What does that consist of? Oil change? What? And you guys should be asking the same questions when you go into the dealership. What does this entail? What are you selling me on? Because a lot of times, guys, I hate to say it. I hate to put my boys on blast in dealerships, but it's just a fucking ploy to get people to buy shit. Um you know your dealers more than anywhere else, anybody else. If you got a good dealer, then trust them, you know, because they're going to do the right thing regardless. But sometimes this is just a ploy to get people, you know, tire kickers in the door. So let's see how that goes for Harley. Um, they stopped selling their motor clothes on Amazon because I guess they felt that it was devaluing their brand and motor clothes. 
I would have to say that I think putting out shitty bikes devalues <laughs> your, your company more than your motor clothes. I mean, I know more people with fucking Harley t-shirts than they own fucking Harleys. So, despite the point, there is something positive I'm going to bring out about Harley. Unfortunately, Harley wasn't responsible for this. It was Drag Specialties. They are sponsoring a bagger racing league, okay? I know anybody that's anybody, you already saw uh, the Moto America King of the Baggers race that Indian won, by the way. Hmm. Uh... Harley has decided to not sponsor races as much as they used to. Like, they used to sponsor the flat track, hooligan, a bunch of shit. But what happened was Harley would sponsor it, and then they would never win. Or they would place in the top five, but they wouldn't podium. So, yeah, that is kind of bad when you sponsor the shit and you don't win anything. But I'm super excited about the Bagger Race League. It's going to have nine teams so far that have signed, and more are signing up. So you got a lot of the aftermarket guys like, uh, you know, Fueling, uh, who Alloy Art. Um, I think you even got some other guys. Let me see. I think Big Bear Choppers is in it. There's quite a few custom shops and performance-based aftermarket companies that are getting involved. And I think it's really fucking cool because this is the shit that I think is going to grow the V-Twin, American V-Twin side of the sport more than anything else. Uh, here it is. They got four classes. It's a hooligan GP, a big twin GP, a stunt GP, and then the premier class bagger GP, which features Harley Davidson's and Indians. Okay. So from what I gather, hooligan GP, you're looking at more of your Dyna guys, of course, inverted forks, you know, Olin suspension. It's all, when you go to the track guys, it's all about suspension and performance. So making your bike as light as possible, but as fast as possible, okay? And still be able to handle the track and make the best times. Um, usually Harley is more drag racing style. So this is why I'm so excited because I think there's gonna be a lot of cool aftermarket product that come up as a result of this, of the R&D. And the thing is, it's gonna be even better because it's proven right in front of your fucking face. Okay, so it's not like when Harley does some stuff and their engineers are working on it and they keep it closed and behind closed doors until they're ready to unveil uh, a new radio or something. Uh, these guys, you're going to see the performance on the track. You'll be able to follow them. Um, now, from what I understand, there's going to be there's like five races set up so far with the potential to add more races. Uh, the first thing that they did was they did a, a all Harley race day at uh, Chuck Walla. And that's when they unveiled the bagger racing league. So hooligan GP, you're looking at more of your Donna's, your big twins, you're looking at more of your road king stripped down and such from what I've seen so far. The stunt GP, you got guys like Seabear stunts out there that first time on the track, I was following his Instagram and the videos from it. It was his first time out on the track. And then here it is. He goes back in and just starts doing these rolling burnouts like Seabear stunts always does. Just tear it up the fucking track. The guy's pretty bad. If you get a chance, go check out some of his shit. It's pretty fucking cool. So, and then those guys will get a chance to go into the stunt bull ring, fuck around, do wheelies on baggers, do all the cool shit that they do. And then the premier class is going to be more along the lines of king of the baggers type race. That's where you're going to get these bigger teams like your uh, your Vance and Hines, your Fueling, your Roland Sands, your Alloy Art guys. That's where these guys are going to be. Okay. So, Really, really exciting stuff. And I just glad that they're not excluding. They're making it like American V-Twin. So you're going to have Harley Davidson and Indian. And 
I think this is going to be really interesting. I mean, look, you saw the last one, Indian placed first and third. Second went to Vance and Hines, and Vance and Hines is now kind of, they've now kind of separated themselves from Harley a little bit because they want to dabble in a lot of other things. Like I've seen Vance and Hines are coming out with a race jigster motor or some shit. They're working on some pretty big stuff. So I'm um, excited to see what's going to come out of all of this. I think it's good for the sport, and I'm glad to see Harley guys getting on the track. I mean, that's one of the things I, I mean, I only dabble the track once or twice myself. I really would like to get the exposure back on the track again, just because it's a fun community. Uh, there's going to be douchebags wherever you go, so you can't focus on that. You got to focus on the fun and the positive aspect of it and getting Harley guys out on the track and seeing what the performance aspect of it, of the sport can go to. Really fucking cool, guys. Really excited, really stoked about that. Okay. Guys, I'm going to try to keep these episodes to about 30 minutes or so. Um, I'd love to continue talking about more. I got some more uh, content for the next episode, but also I got to get out to the Moto Lab because I got some improvements to make to the Moto Lab. We're doing new surveillance. I'm putting insulation stuff in. And also I got a bike on the lift right now, getting some diag work done. Uh, I had a bike on my lift recently doing lifters. Uh, as much as I want to kind of separate myself from the Harley side. It's kind of natural to me as well that I know how to work on Harley. So, you know, and I only use the best products. So special shout out to Fueling. Love your lifters. Love your products, guys. Uh, James Gaskets. You guys are the best. I've been using James Gaskets for years. You guys are fucking rock stars. And also, as usual, Blood Lubricants and Hog Blood. Huge fan of that stuff, that product line. Great stuff. It's always the best. So now for the rest of my shout outs. All right. For my party people, my listeners. First off, I'd like to give a shout out to my homeboy, Joey D. Um, I busted his balls quite a bit about his bike sitting. And now this dude is like a track monster. Uh, he's trying to go to the track as much as possible. That's his release. You know, he dabbled around on roads a little bit, but I'm proud of him and get back on the road and get back on two wheels. And not only that, to see where he's going in his riding career and he's on the track killing it and small community ended up linking him up with uh, my boy Bobby Lou and motor rev suspension so a special shout out to Bobby Lou if you guys are in the Southern California or Southern Nevada area he's based here in Nevada the guy's always at the track every weekend check him out I'm always going to appreciate you suspension is king and not only that Bobby Lou is the one to put me on to blood, blood lubricant so special shout out to Bobby Lou as always all right also, I want to give a shout out to my homie Eddie L out in Denver. He's putting together his independent shop out there at Buddha Cycle Company. Go check out his Instagram. I'm proud of you, dude. Little baby steps, just doing some small stuff on the side. Uh, hit him up, support him if you can. All right. Now, also, guys, as always, I'm super humble that so many people listen to the podcast, which I, I think like the analytics tell me like, oh, it's active like 30 listeners right now. I could give a fuck less. The fact that 30 people will take time out of their day, which time is priceless to listen to me run my fucking suck hole. I am super humbled and always appreciative of you guys. So um, I was looking at my analytics. There's people from Ireland. There's people from uh, not just the UK, but over in the uh, over in Asia listening and Africa, anybody that's listening anywhere around the world, 
I am super humbled and appreciative of you. And please do not hesitate. Reach out to me on social media. Uh, slide up in my DM. Shoot me an email if you have any questions or if you have a story. I'd love to potentially have you on the show and just talk motos and what motorcycling in your part of the world is like and what is you know hot and what's not over there. Okay. So guys, look, enjoy your day off. If you have a day off today, if not, make sure you take some time in your, uh, to yourself, invest in yourself. Guys, always stay positive. All right. Don't worry about all the bullshit that you can't control. Worry about the stuff that you can't control and take some personal responsibility and fucking get some shit done. All right. Peace, grease and all that shit. Love you guys. And I see you when I see you until next time, our friends. Peace.